0: Trey Young saves the season for Atlanta. And does that change how we view both the Hawks and the Celtics? It's the Wednesday episode of Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On Wednesdays, I'm your co-host Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. We got Andy Kamenetsky of Locked On Lakers subbing in for John, who's out probably kind of upset about what happened to the Celtics in this game. Uh, What's going on, man? Did did he call in Corrales saying like he he needed
1: a moment like like did he did he call in immediately after that boston loss and i just said find a sub or go solo jake i don't care i can't do this
0: So I called in the sub for him like a day ago because I think he forgot that he was supposed to do this because he's so wrapped up into it. And then I was was about to text him because he has talked so much trash about Dre Young the past like two months on here that it was the most like karmactic ending for him I think I have ever seen. I didn't want to rub the salt in his wound like that hard in the aftermath of that 30 foot three that they probably should have defended better. I don't know. You know what's funny is...
1: Trey Young has managed to unite um conference rivals Knicks and Celtics over their dislike of Trey Young because the F Trey Young chant that you hear at Knicks games all the time you heard at the Celtics game uh dur- during this game and it went from F Trey Young to uh, F.
0: Play young. <laughs> like, screw it, describe it. That was a major shot, by the way. Today's episode of Lockdown NBA brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Look, man, he just, Trey Young just saved the season for the Atlanta Hawks. And this is a guy, think of where we were. Two weeks ago, the start of the play in tournament where they literally have a win or go home game and it leaks, maybe they're looking to trade him. That's a thing to have been said now.
1: <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is the same questions that you had about Trey Young a couple weeks ago that would lead to speculation about whether or not the Hawks would look to move him because I, I don't think I'm speaking out of school when I say Trey Young does not strike me as a naturally Quinn Snyder type of player. Um, it, when I when I think about like the qu- quint, oh, I didn't even mean to do that. But the quintessential <laughs> uh, Quinn Snyder players. Trey Young is not at the top of the list. No, not at um, all. And that doesn't change after this game. So, like the idea that what that Trey Young may not fit into the Snyder vision of Hawks culture moving forward. I'm not sure if that changes or not, but what we were reminded of during this game is when Trey Young gets on a roll, dude's
0: deadly. Yeah, I mean, big time, right? Like he he turned around. He was having a bad game until the fourth quarter. He was shooting like below one point one point per, per shot, that type of efficiency, and then he turned it on in the fourth quarter and of course came up in the biggest moment there. Jalen Brown has got to defend him closer. If you give Trey Young any space like that, the second... That Jalen Brown started backpedaling, you knew Trey Young was going to launch that shot, and he's not an amazing three-point shooter, but he definitely has range from thirty feet. And he was. What's gonna take funny that. is you. I'm not trying to defend Jalen uh,
1: Jalen Brown's defense of Trey Young in that moment, but there's a part of me that wonders if you look to bait him into taking a longer yeah. shot because he he loves those type of shots. Like sometimes I feel like if you give Trey Young a 23 footer or a 27 footer. He's going to go, that's not a choice.
0: I mean, it, it's interesting, right? And that's, that's something that John's talked a lot about on the show with him, right? Like you want him almost just taking like 15 threes a game if you can, because he's, he's not a 40% shooter from deep, right? He's got kind of one and a half good years of, of good shooting from three. He's not there, but I don't know, man, I think you got to defend him in that moment, but I get what you're saying. I don't necessarily think it was wrong. And, that's not the reason the Celtics lost that game. It was their lack of execution down the stretch, almost like playing with their food, I think. Let me throw this at you, though, while while we're still talking about the Hawks. You know, there was no Murray in this game dealing with the suspension. And as they got going in that second half and really late in the fourth and erased the double digit deficit they were in, you saw John Collins stepping up. And this is a guy that's been rumored on the trade block for like, I don't know, t- two decades, it feels like, at this point. And like. <laughs> You give him a bigger role and he delivered in this game. It's just like the Hawks got to do something, right? They've got too much stuff to sort through. You know what I mean?
1: Like even if they manage to push this thing to seven or I guess take Boston out in, you know, uh, the mother of all upsets coming from behind, you still look at that roster and say things have not been working for the last few years outside of that one run, the odds favor that it's not likely working. So I I would think something's going to change. If nothing else, like, you got to move John Collins. Like, John Collins has to feel unwelcome at this point. Totally, at this point. So I would think so.
0: Yeah, it's, it's weird, right? Like, either he needs to be moved or they need to give him, like, a different role on this team and feature him more. Because you saw how it, it, there were a couple moments in there where he was kind of saving the Hawks themselves. And it's just, as you said, right? Like, they've just got too much stuff. And I don't know if that stuff is particularly good. And it very clearly doesn't always work well together. And they shouldn't they're 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 an eighth seed. Like that's what this team is outside of their one run, which was a ton of luck. And I've talked about this on the show too, right? You caught the 76ers at the right time with Ben Simmons choking. They were a good matchup for the Knicks, and then they lost in six to the Bucks, right? Like that wasn't this deep run that you look at and you're like, Oh, they're the next up and coming team. Looking back on it, a little fluky there, I think. I mean, the
1: I guess the glass half full version of this would be. Quinn Snyder given an entire offseason and then a full season can reinvent them because it's, yeah. it's one of two things. You are either going to look to aggressively reconstruct this roster in Quinn Snyder's vision or Quinn Snyder is saying, I can take this and make it work. I can find this balance between Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, John Collins. Uh, I can
0: find the ideal role for Clint Capella. I can make this work. They got to do something because I still don't see them beating the Boston Celtics in this series unless unless the Celtics just decide to never learn their lesson, because what we saw from them in the fourth quarter has been their issue kind of the second half of the season. It feels like like hopefully well for them, I guess, hopefully, depending not if you're an Atlanta fan, they learn their lesson from this one and don't keep messing around and have that kind of sloppy execution down the stretch
1: or Jason Tatum can go two for ten three (laughs) as opposed to one for, you know what I mean? Like they could look at this and just say we're one three pointer away from winning the thing, even if it was more complicated than it should have been.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're still going to end up winning this series and they're still going to be fine. It it feels like long-term. That's why I kind of look at them and it's like, okay, they've, they've dragged this out. This doesn't bode well for them in the second round. You're giving Joel Embiid more time to recover, which I think is what they should really be kicking themselves about. Like he comes out probably as the biggest winner on all of this.
1: I mean th- this is the benefit of closing your own series early uh, yeah. so, you know there there is never a downside to sweeping and getting time to wait i if you can give me all the rust versus rest arguments you ever want to hear when it comes to your star players, if they have any type of injury, either issues or history, I will take that rest every single time as somebody, looking to Lakers Grizzlies uh yeah. tonight. Uh absolutely. I would like to see the Lakers close this thing out, give you know LeBron and giving Anthony Davis hopefully some extra time as Golden State and Sacramento take it to 7 no matter who wins. Yeah, no. I mean, it,
0: that's ideal here and it shows you the benefit as you said of like win your series, especially in the first round when it's only going to get tougher from here on out and any advantage you can get whether it's rest or whatever is going to give you a, a Big lead, big advantage, whatever there. And I think that's kind of important. So we'll see how long this series drags out. Feels like the Celtics are probably on the verge of closing it out. One team that did close out their series was the Phoenix Suns over the Los Angeles Clippers. We got a real or fake coming up with that one with the Clippers coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. We got a league of all of our Locked On hosts in there managing our franchises, trying to win a title. I'm not having a lot of success, but I'm having a lot of fun with the trash talk with all of the other hosts out there. And Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is the coolest game i played in a long time. I thought I could be a good G- It turns out it's a little bit harder. In this game, you manage every strategic aspect of your franchise. You've got to hire coaches and deal with their personalities. Train your players up. Trade for the right players. Make your draft picks and navigate through free agency. Plus, you manage your facilities. Where do you want to invest your money? All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. The Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want, when you want. And Locked On NBA listeners get a... 100% A 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store, all caps. So make sure you check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. And today's episode of Locked On NBA is also brought to you by Ibotta. Groceries, school shopping, and getting a little something for yourself. You know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back for it with Ibotta. You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Mm-hmm. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. And the average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in real cash back. It could cover your entire grocery trip. You could use it to buy that flight you've been eyeing for your next vacation or just a fancy dinner and date night out. And you earn cash back at hundreds of online brands and retailers, too, when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. And right now, Ibotta is offering Lockdown NBA listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta when you use the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else comes to you like this, breaking down everything around the association. I don't know, kind of big game between the Lakers and the Memphis Grizzlies. They're going to be recapping it on tomorrow's Locked On NBA for the dayers But Andy, let's talk about the other L.A. team here. You saw the Clippers go out to the Phoenix Suns. It was a little bit closer in the end than it looked like. We do this every Wednesday. It's the signature segment, real or fake? Even with the Clippers losing this series, real or fake, it's a moral victory for this team. Oh, that's fake. That's big-time fake. Really?
1: Yeah, I mean, I want to preface this by saying a lot of credit and respect for the Clippers for fighting and for not giving up as they were getting increasingly more and more injured. They began the series without Paul George. Kawhi Leonard can't play the last two games, I believe it was. They they deserve a ton of credit for trying to make themselves a sum greater than their parts, and they're a group that scraps. But we've known that they are a group that scraps for the last few years, and really, other than inside the bubble where it seemed like they all decided that they hated it and they wanted out, like – they're a group that will always they'll always bleed themselves for every bit of talent that they have. The problem is they always have to bleed themselves because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are always hurt. And when they're healthy, they're both great players. You know, they're both great two-way players. We've seen Paul George step up his play a lot when Kawhi Leonard's been gone. Kawhi Leonard the second half of the season was a freaking beast. He was incredible and they did all the right things to try to keep him on the court. And in the end, it didn't matter. And what do you have to look forward to if you're a Clipper fan right now or Clippers organization, other than just, I don't know, hoping that this next season is different than all the other ones that ended up derailed.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm dealing with that here in New Orleans too. So I understand that feeling um, in a very similar way. And a number of teams feel like that. So I think it's real that they fought as hard as they did. Like this game was way closer than it looked like it was going to be. They they came out and they, they had the right kind of game plan, you know, had the right kind of edge. They came to play. Then Phoenix took the lead. Then the Clippers really cut it down and were right in this one to the very end. And they looked like they were, I don't know, one player away from winning this game, potentially taking this game, uh, this series to seven games, maybe a Kawhi Leonard, maybe a Paul George. The problem if you're them, right, is what else are you supposed to do other than kind of hope? You know, you're not going to trade away Kawhi or Paul George, I don't think. So you kind of just have to hope that those guys or one of those guys are going to be healthy. But when you look at that, you know, the rest of the roster seems to complement him well. You saw Russell Westbrook kind of reinvent his career, maybe, maybe save his NBA career in a sense. You know, you have guys like Norm Powell who really stepped up, but Tomb was hitting big shots for them too. Zubac was the guy they were really trying to kind of go with early on in this one, and that was the right call. I don't know. It's a bit of a moral victory knowing that you probably would have really extended this series if one of those guys was playing. But if, if you're but really you already knew. For, I feel like they already knew that, though. Like, okay, honestly, that's fair. That,
1: that's the problem. Is I don't feel other than maybe the Russell Westbrook piece of this, mm-hmm. and you know, his future with the organization will be interesting moving forward. Like Paul George has again lobbied for Russell Westbrook to be a part of the future of this team, and you know, when when George had openly lobbied for Westbrook before they signed him. There were a lot of skeptics um, about whether or not this would work, whether or not it was worth even trying. And, you know, the fit with Russ with this team is far better than the fit with the Lakers, for example. absolutely. or Or the last couple teams he's been on. Again, I just, I wonder, again, other than just hope and being really lucky and this time the dice coming up seven instead of two, I don't know what it is. And that's that to me is what prevents it from being a moral victory. If they didn't have the injury history, Kawhi and Paul George, then I would say moral victory. Yeah,
0: right. Like if it was just this season, yeah. but it hasn't been like literally every single time, right? Like with them, it's 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 always something, isn't it? And until it's not actually always something, I get what you're saying. Like, cool, you have all of these other great players, but it just doesn't matter because you're <laughs> not banking on these guys being being there. No, I mean to me, in a lot of ways, that makes it feel worse. <laughs> like, like the,
1: it, I would, I think if I were a Clipper fan, I might feel better if it was just like All right, this thing is a disaster. Find a way to blow it up. Like it, it never even made sense to begin with. It's a really well constructed roster. That's yeah, like that. In a lot of ways, to me,
0: makes it more frustrating I'm them. It's like the the boyfriend who doesn't actually like do the nice thing for his girlfriend, but it's like, oh, I was thinking about doing all these nice things for you, and then never actually does them. And it's like, great idea, you were definitely on the right track, but you've actually got to go and do it then, right? You can't just say, oh, I was gonna buy you flowers, but it was too much traffic and I couldn't on the way home. You've got to buy the flowers or something.
1: In the meantime, by the way, I'm just gonna say this because I have said it. uh, You can find at Cam Brothers if you. Search Cam Brothers Phoenix Sons, Set it on different shows if people want to bother with finding the receipts. So it's not just a reaction tonight. Phoenix ain't that good, man. They're not that they're good. Beatable, they beatable, right? They're beatable. They're so they got crowned way too early. And I thought that at the time, and I still think
0: that they're they're not that good. So what about them? Gives you pause. You have Devin Booker who had – we didn't even lead with this, right? 47 points in this game. Kevin Durant had 31. Like, Book, look awesome. What makes you nervous about that team? They're so incredibly top-heavy and
1: require their two guys to be incredible at all times. Like, I'm looking right now at – these are the stats heading into Game 5, so they'll probably bump up, but Devin Booker is averaging – almost 35 points through four games. And Kevin Durant averaged almost 28 points through four games. Again, going into game five, which will not bring down these numbers. And they still haven't really hammerlocked this series. Like, I know it was Suns in five, but that was also with Kawhi being out those couple yeah. games. They, they have struggled to control a team with less... Star power than them. Their defense is not good at all. They they are so incredibly dependent on their two stars. Uh, you know, I don't think they quite know what to do with DeAndre Ayton. Um, Chris Paul had a Chris Paul had a really nice game five, but you know, it's very reasonable to wonder how much you can get out of him over the course of an entire playoff run. You know, Tory Craig, I think, played very well, but you know, he's a role player for a reason. You know, I, I'd say yeah. he's a he's a good role player, but I just feel like Phoenix requires so much scoring from Booker and Durant because they're not going to be able to defend at all.
0: And they went through stretches in the fourth though, where like they wouldn't even get Durant the ball. And he was just kind of the anchor in the corner and they don't even look for him. And that's when the Clippers got back into this game and you're there kind of screaming like Monty Williams, what the heck are you doing? Right. You know, it was funny actually when the last,
1: I think it was two regular season games that Phoenix played, because one of them was against the Lakers and the other might've actually been against the Clippers um, there was all these questions about – because the, they basically had the four-seed lock. They weren't going to move yeah. in either direction about whether or not Monty Williams would rest his stars or keep playing them. I was really adamant. I'm like, if I were Monty Williams, I'd play him. Play him for like a half, whatever. But, like, they need time together, especially against good teams. Play him against the Lakers and Clippers who would have been giving him a real game because they needed to win those games. Yeah. Like – the the regular season games with Durant healthy, I know the record was I think undefeated,
0: but they didn't really play anybody good. Yeah, no, you're right. It's it's uh, they need more time probably to like gel and oh. cook. And now you're going up against a Denver Nuggets team that I think is good. I'm not entirely sure. Well, to, actually, let's talk about that coming up okay. here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. If you're trying to get to one of these playoff games now that these series are going to be a whole lot of fun, make it easy. And Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. You can browse through tons of different events because the best thing is they have flash deals and last minute tickets. You don't need to plan months in advance. Game Time has tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on everything you could imagine. It's a Friday night. You're looking for something to do. Open the Game Time app. See what you can score for cheap. All of a sudden now you've got an awesome date night. And Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110. Percent of the difference. So, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account, redeem code Locked On NBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Nissan's most electric player of the week brought to you by the all-new All-Electric 2023 Nissan Aria. We're going to go ahead and give this to Devin Booker for 47 points. He had 40 in the first three quarters of this one. It was just playing brilliantly, attacking the basket, shooting threes. There was elegance in his drives to the basket. He had powerful plays, passing the ball, 10 plus assists in this one. Just like the the 2023 Nissan Aria, which packs pin to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV, the all new all electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive shop now at NissanUSA.com. And thank you for making a locked on NBA your first listen today and every day, every day is they're going to be covering the Lakers Memphis game. Are the Lakers going to be advancing? Andy might also have something about that on locked on Lakers too. just just a thought.
1: Yeah, it, it's come up on today's show. I, 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 <laughs> at the risk of uh, throwing around spoilers, we we did discuss whether or not the Lakers will close the series. Did you have a prediction in there? Oh my God, I don't even remember if we did. Well, we already made official predictions for the series anyway. Mine was Lakers in seven. Brian's was Grizzlies in six, which that one's looking... Uh, not too great? No. <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not too great It's here. looking mathematically impossible. Yeah, can't it can happen. Yeah, I had Lakers in seven. I, I feel pretty good, let's just say. feel pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's, it's starting to look a little bit better here. Another team that's feeling pretty good, I think, is the Denver Nuggets. After beating the Minnesota Timberwolves, 112-109. They're moving on. They're going to be facing the Phoenix Suns, which should be a really fun series. Yeah. I I, I have two minds of Denver after this one you know the final two games of this series looked like they kind of struggled a little bit. They could have won game 4 and swept this and then this game ended up being much closer than it probably should have been. Are you feeling better or worse about Denver going into the next round? I feel good about them. I
1: mean, I I think they've been slept on a lot and I think the fact that nobody has really bought into them all year leads to and I don't mean you specifically. I mean like the Royal looking at a 4-1 series win and having doubts afterwards. You know what I mean? Like They they ultimately controlled this thing. Um, I also think that the issues Denver's had the last few years in the playoffs, first of all, they've been exacerbated by the absences of Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., or sometimes both. But also defensively, this year, between Aaron Gordon and then bringing in Bruce Brown and KCP, I just think they're a different team defensively, like the the upside, the upside of them defensively is far higher than it's been the last few years. So even if they're not an elite defense, they are so much better than they had been the last couple of years, even at full strength, that being solid might be enough to match that offense, which can just absolutely be deadly look i think the murray thing is huge this is the first time he's played in the postseason since the bubble that's the other thing too jamal murray looks like jamal murray again
0: it's the first postseason he's had since the bubble and this is a guy who in this series in five games averaged over 26 and a half points in this one to close out the series he had 35 points he was five of nine from three five assists four rebounds and just two turnovers you know there's been a lot of talk about Jokic in the MVP conversation, right? Can he win three straight without some of the postseason success? I don't know. You you add Jamal Murray to this team. It probably makes his life a little bit easier, and they're going to win more games here. Yeah. I mean, they,
1: they're not exactly like the Lakers because the Lakers had a radical transformation halfway through this season. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's something we've reminded our, our listeners a lot. Like, you have to treat you have to treat the roster from the Rui Hachimura acquisition onward as different than everything that happened before. And in a lot of yeah. ways, everything that happened before Rui doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm, none totally. of that matters with evaluating this team at all. I think there's a lot of past disappointments with Denver that don't really matter right now because I think the team is just fundamentally much different.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think there you you look at them and you're just like, "Oh, okay, they have all of these guys healthy here. They can do a whole lot more than what they've been able to do before." And when you look at Jokic and kind of evaluate some of his legacy and that's the big thing that's detracting from him right now. I don't know if I can put a lot of those you know the past, the most recent like playoff failures like on his shoulders. But here's the thing too, Jake, when you mention like Jokic's legacy,
1: the fact that people are so caught up in defining his legacy, like, I don't know, 10 years before his career is going to yeah, end. Yeah, like halfway
0: through his career I, already. I think in
1: a lot of ways speaks to why Denver has been kind of slept on to begin with. There's, There's been so much made over the, you know, the Jokic, three straight MVPs. And I, I don't want to get, I don't honestly really care. But I think the... I think sort of the desire to detract Jokic's worthiness for his third straight MVP again agree with it don't I don't care I think has in a lot of ways led to Denver being
0: detracted like by extension Yeah that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like this is a team that was the one seed in the West basically all year long and there wasn't a lot of conversation about anyone else other than Jokic. When Murray had been good this year, everyone had been kind of good for them this year, right? They had heroes in this one stepping Aaron up Aaron Gordon's too. been terrific this year. He was good. Look, Bruce Brown was a hero for him off the
1: bench at times in the this Lakers game. to go after him so bad. I, <laughs> I have not been able to confirm. I've asked a little bit around. I really want to know if they made him a real offer.
0: I just want to know. He was key for them in this series, I thought, especially in this game at times. He's good. He's good. I I agree with that. So on the flip side, what do you think of Minnesota after this series? <laughs> um <laughs>
1: my man uh Domin Rangula at Domin R, and I, a lot of people on NBA Twitter know him. He's hilarious. Tweeted out after <laughs> this loss. To-dos for the Timberwolves this offseason, in my opinion. Do whatever it takes to add a dynamic big man who matches Ant's timeline. Wonder if the Jazz would trade Walker Kessler. <laughs> <laughs> and that roster that roster is going to require some reconstruction. I don't yeah. know what it is. And, and I will admit, I did not trash the Gobert trade the way a lot of people did. And as it turns out, I think I was wrong. Um, I... If nothing else, I understood why Minnesota would do it because they're never going to get a free agent,
0: but it doesn't work. I thought not... he wasn't really the problem, though. He was, I thought he was so. I thought he was good in this game.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I, I've had Actually, issues
0: with Towns and how he plays more so than Rudy Gobert. And if I were choosing though, I thought Towns the played two, well in
1: this game, too, though.
0: He, so late. He, he got better late in the game when it sure. got close. Like he, I thought he really struggled for like the first three quarters. I'd, I don't know, man, I don't like him as a player that much. And maybe that's just like a personal like thing. I'm not a towns guy. I think he makes well, some of the dumbest fouls I've ever seen. And foul just, prone. Yeah. Foul prone. Right. And, I think Anthony Edwards is a guy you can build around. I don't mind Rudy Gobert when he played like this, and he was pretty, even on the perimeter where you can normally kind of beat him, I actually thought he held his own, and when they made him the minor focal point of the offense, he did really well. I thought, they got to do something, though. They're like the Atlanta Hawks, right? Like, you you got a lot of stuff here, and it's not working, and you got to do something with it to find guys for the right roles, it feels like.
1: Well, here's the thing. They may have to trade Cat. Because unless you're going to trade Rudy Gobert for like 10 cents on the dollar compared to what you gave up just to unclutter things. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, I don't know who you would even get back. It's not going to be anybody all that. No, one's going to go. No, no one's paying much for him. And you don't trade Ant because he's both really good. And also he is a true star, even Mm -hmm. in development cat's it i mean cat's the guy that you have to and cat also even though he's, he's a good player if you move him it does declutter some of that between him and Gobert. it just
0: it simplifies things yeah i agree so it, 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 they're an interesting team because it just feels like you know you also had the injury to cat this year and like they were kind of better without him though not really and then you had all of the stuff with gobert in right before the playing tournament and everything and man it's just like a mess there it feels like Well, gobert does not seem to be
1: a particularly popular guy around the league like among (laughs) peers like i mean i look i i've never met rudy gobert i i can't claim to know him but at some point when it seems like every team that you're a part of kind of sours culturally and you seem to be in the middle of it all the time
0: i'm not saying it's all you but it's probably not none you yeah that's a fair way to put it like he he's got a lot of culpability i think in in all of this just stuff and look the fact that they got this far after nearly like imploding and physically fighting each other and fighting walls too. Right. Like I, I give them some credit for as far as they kind of got and even making this series look more respectable, even if it was a five game series, the past two games were close.
1: Well, look, I'll say this. Um, the Lakers beat them to in the play-in to get the seven seed the Wolves were more impressive in that game than the Lakers. Like that game was silly. Yes, it was. And the the Lakers eventually won it just because they had more talent at home. That was going to win out, but the Wolves really were the more impressive team. Like they played really, really hard and, and really tried to pull that upset. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, Maybe there's something there, but again, I keep using this word
0: declutter. Like it's got to get decluttered somehow. Yeah, look, that's three teams we've talked about today, you know, with the Hawks, the Clippers, and now the Timberwolves that kind of have some big questions they need to face. So if you want to know more about the futures of those teams, we got a Locked On show dedicated to all of them. But that's going to do it here for Locked On NBA. Andy, thanks for hopping on with me today and subbing in for John, who's probably loving life right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Always fun, man. And uh, condolences, John. Sorry, but you'll get him next time. I can't say that. They're the Celtics. I can never say that. Yeah,
0: come on, man. It's like, do you have to edit this out now, basically? No, I mean, I'm just... <laughs> I,
1: I like John. He's a good dude. But the, I gray, the gray beard team I like, here. I like John, but it's the Celtics. I want John to be happy with the
0: Celtics losing Somehow sudden the nba finals maybe is where it'll be all right that's gonna do it for this episode of locked on nba i'm jake madison at nola jake on twitter host of the locked on pelicans podcast and uh enjoy locked on nba tomorrow for the everydayers recapping the other games we'll see what other series end